1: So, why watch that movie talk? Oh, my goodness, listeners, we've got a power packed movie talk for you. It is stars and celebrities and movies, and it's what you go to the theater (laughs) for. We have it for you for this wonderful segment. Now, before we get started, I do want to say two of these movies we got a chance to see at festivals um, or or sneak peeks. So, um, and then the last movie is a first look, which is already out. So stay tuned for the duration. If you want to get to know what's really going on out in the movie world, it, well, we've got something for you. But before we get into Brad Merrill, There's a woman who's been away for a little bit, I would say. I mean, she's done a little here and there. But she has come back not playing any games. And Mm. I'm talking about none other than Renee Zellweger. Well, what is she in? You know what she's in. Judy. The new movie that's coming out as of taping this Friday. And Judy stands for Judy Garland. Mm -hmm. somewhere over Mm. the rainbow you know that one and it's directed by Rupert Gould written by Tom Edge based on the stage play by Peter Kutler uh the cast to be honest with you you may not know the cast as well these are Brits or Irish (laughs) Scots people from over the pond uh Renee Zellweger plays, as you like to call, the titular character. Uh. Sure. Jesse Buckley, Rufus uh, Sewell, Finn um, uh, uh, Whitrock is in it, along with some other wonderful British greats, I will say. It is definitely a movie that would have snuck under the radar had it not been for Renee Zellweger. And the critic is going to drive us through this plot because you're thinking, oh, Judy Garland, somewhere of the Rainbow, it's our our full biopic. Well, he's got a little something to tell you about that because it's not what you think. Not what you think. And uh, then we're going to tell you our thoughts and you can already kind of sense what that is.
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, so it, it really everybody is set in two different time periods. So you have Judy Garland at the beginning of her career. She's filming that movie.
1: <laughs>
0: and from the very beginning of Judy, we are on set. Oh, We see The Yellow Brick Road. Mm. But before we get a good glimpse at it, somebody is talking to little Judy Garland. And this somebody is her boss, the head of MGM, Mr. Mayor himself. And imagine this man this way, my friends. If you had cutlery and you poured honey over it, (laughs) that's him. So little Julie Garland is in for it, okay? It doesn't look good. But we have this beautiful set. It looks great on Mm. the screen. Then we cut way forward to Julie Garland, now at the tail end of her career. She has to work for money. She's got her two uh, youngest children with her. She is all over the place traveling and performing with them. Now you're thinking, oh, Liza Minnelli? No. Liza Minnelli, at this point, is off in her 20s. She's probably about to go do cabaret. Mm-hmm. Okay? So think of it that way. And does Liza appear? She does in this movie, but not as a main character. Hmm. hmm. So Judy has to work for money, working with the kids. Are the kids happy? What about the kid's father, who is no longer married to Judy? Uh-oh. Because what happens is, we won't give it all away. Judy arrives someplace that's uh, supposed to cater to her, and they don't. Oh, boy. So the kids wind up back with their father, who's played by Rufus Sewell. And the father is looking at Judy and going, (laughs) "Okay, Give me my kids, Mm. and you go take care of yourself. So Judy needs money to be able to support the children. How can she get it? Because at this point in her career, nobody wants to hire her. Oh. Now, why not? Well, she has a reputation now. Oh dear. So something comes up, though, that will give her the money she's looking for. She can go to London and perform on the stage with a band for five weeks sell out shows, get the money, and that'll be enough money for her to get custody of her children. Okay, done. Where do I sign? So she goes over there, she does this, but how does this pan out? Now, these people in London, they ain't stupid. So they have someone to mind her
1: to make sure that she
0: knows where to go. That she's awake and so on and so forth. And this Sober. person is played <laughs> by Jesse Buckley. And Jesse Buckley was already in Wild Rose earlier this year and Chernobyl.
1: Oh my gosh, she sure was. Oh, that poor woman.
0: So she is giving great performances this year. And here she is looking at Judy and going, <laughs> like, you know, I can't say what I'm thinking and I can't even show it really. <laughs> okay. So judy has to meet with the band leader how does that go does she even (laughs) want to sing does she trust her instrument does she trust herself is she up to the task what about all of her adoring fans that are waiting to see her how is this going to turn out and is she still looking for mr wright
1: oh my gosh how does the number five four
0: because there's a party she goes to that Liza's at and she meets a young man, or maybe the man meets her, oh. played by Finn Whitrock. and where are they going with that? So in the end, what happens? Well, if you know Judy's story, you'll know. If you don't, do not look it up. Do not. Just let the movie tell you. I think that's enough for the plot, Ref.
1: That was very, very good. It was very, um, it was a Judy that we hadn't heard of before. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and say that, This really was Renee Zellweger's movie. She, um, for me, I missed her when she wasn't on the screen because, as you did talk about, it was flashing forward and backward, and the flashback was not Judy Garland played by Renee Zellweger. It was played by another actress because, you know, that actress was 15 years old,
0: Mm -hmm. Um, or,
1: or Judy was 15 years old at the time. So even though it was well done, I missed... Renee when she wasn't on screen because the script itself needed Renee and I said that I went in watching I went in to watch Judy I left applauding Renee the musicality in her body you talked about a chord that she flings over her shoulder Mm. in time as like choreography Renee was able to transform her body into Judy's last six months on Earth, which, Mm. as you know, if you look at some of those pictures, you look at some of the uh, Carnegie Hall footage, she was very thin, very, um, you know, waifed. Renee was also able to channel some of Judy's mannerisms, which almost looked like I don't want to say this because this is not founded on any truth, but the symptoms look like almost the early onset of Parkinson's disease, like a twitching thing that Judy actually did that Renee was able to channel. Overall, I have to go on and on about her performance. Was her singing the best? Now, for this movie, it was appropriate but I'm a huge Judy Garland fan. And Judy, even in her last six months, could blow away, you know, anybody. And Renee has more of a lighter voice, but I didn't care because when she stooped down to sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which she does, Mm. I was like, whoa. So hats off to Renee. She will win an Oscar or she will win something, a Golden Globe, she's gonna win something. She's going to win something.
0: Yeah. um, I'll come to Renee last. As a movie, the first hour or so, Ref, what the the pacing was so wonderful. Mm -hmm. The musicality of it. And what I loved about that first hour was they didn't wallow and they could have. Yeah. This is a tough story but they they had a nice balance to it they had a nice balance switching back and forth and really shaping who judy is who she is as a person in a way that i haven't heard before i haven't seen before i've really got to know her through this movie and it's not like you were saying earlier it's a standard biopic then after that first hour they start to wallow a bit they do But then in the end, they do pull it back together. So as a film-going experience, I was cool watching it. And the main reason, like you said, is Renee Zellweger. You know what? I gained even more respect for Renee as an actor after watching this. You talked about what she did as Judy Garland. She also brought herself to Judy when you could tell, okay, she says, this is what I know of Judy, this is what we all know, but this is my opinion, and I'm gonna fill in the gaps, stuff we don't know with what I think. This is someone who came to work. She was in every beat. She didn't miss one. She was always on those performance scenes. She's Mm. acting. And the thing is in the movie they explain what's going on with Judy's voice. So even if you know what she really sounded like at this time, it doesn't matter cuz in the movie it makes sense Renee singing. It's all crafted for this performance. She delivered, should she receive awards? She absolutely should. I I just I can't say enough for what she did here. And it's not the kind of thing everybody where you're going to you know, sit down and go Whoa, oh my goodness that was amazing it's not that, it's the opposite it's the interior performance here, it's the quietness of it, it's not being too showy, all of this stuff because it's look, BBC Films is one of the production companies, think mm. of it that way what yeah. would you expect on the BBC that's what they're bringing here so I would say if you are interested at all in Judy, you should definitely go
1: see it Mm-hmm. There you go. It's opening this Friday. You can see it in the big theaters. But I say, if you don't, if you just couldn't, if you can't get there, this will work at home. It really mm. will work. And not a lot of movies do. But I guarantee you, this will work at home. Yes. So, there you go.
0: Now, speaking of working at home. <laughs> right. We have... Our second movie on our list here of three, and that's The
1: Laundromat. Which I forgot you hadn't seen. <laughs> yes, I... <laughs> oh, you have? You saw it? I, no, I have not. Oh, I forgot you didn't see it. Yes. I saw it. Yes, yes.
0: Yes, so you you teased us with it when you were at TIFF a little earlier, not too long ago. Uh, now you're going to flesh it out for us. The Laundromat, my friends, is directed by Steven Soderbergh. The screenplay is by Scott Z. Burns based on some real stuff. Real reportage. And so on by Jake Bernstein when it comes to the Panama Papers.
1: Oy, oy, it oy. stars
0: Meryl Streep. It stars Gary Oldman. It stars Antonio Banderas. It stars Jeffrey Wright, Robert Patrick, David Schwimmer, Sharon Stone, and okay, many, 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 many more. Now, it will be in theaters on September 27th, but it's also coming to Netflix, that's who's distributing it, so it will be available there on October 18th. So the question is, Ref, do we go out? Do we venture out into the dark streets trying to find a theater, we mm. for it to pop up on our little Netflix feed and then watch it that way? Or do we just ignore it altogether?
1: Well, I've got an opinion about that. Uh, this, as you said, is based on the Panama Papers. Remember in 2016, uh, towards the end of Obama's um, reign, there was this big hoopla of these Panama Papers. And it was basically where these journalists leaked this intense, crazy secret of documents of the uh, the Mazak, uh, Fran- Francesca's, high-profile patrons of this scheme, basically, of transform, th- these shell companies, is what they call it. Now, in case your mind is already going, oh, I don't want to say anything like that, this is Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> he does <laughs> political injustices. And what happens is you have Meryl Streep, little Ellen Martin and her husband, and they're on vacation and they decide to go out on a little boating excursion. And unfortunately, fatal, fatal consequences happen. Ellen emerges and her husband does not. Now, in these cases, it was not as if the boating company, it was a fluke. This was something that needed to have been insured And so what do people do in these cases? They, you know, go through the insurance companies. Like, you need to pay these costs and you weren't properly this and that, so damages need to be paid. Well, it turns out that the insurance company is giving all the patrons a runaround. I mean, a -a run-around to the point where the company starts to file papers and they can't get a hold of their insurance company. Now remember, this is a fatal accident. accident. Did this really happen? No. This is Steven Soderbergh baking in. Now, flash now to Antonio Banderas. Flash to Gary Oldman. These two narrators. They're explaining to us what a dollar is. What money is, how money's created, how money was exchanged in the past. I mean, they're going through elaborate, basically a, a really amazing economics class. You sit in for like, for like 10 to 15 minutes and they're showing you the traveling of money. What? Who are these men? What does this have to do with anything? Well, you find out that it is Jurgen Mosek. And, of course, Ramon Francesca, who you know are the culprits in this situation. They are the narrators of this tragedy. Meryl Streep's character decides to take it upon herself that if this company can't pay for the damages, she will take it up with the insurance company herself. Unfortunately, she can't find them. So she's (sighs) traced. She can't. Nobody can (sighs) Because they're shell companies as Soderbergh sort. Mm. You buy this company and this company buys this company. And then this company buys this company and this person mm. buys the share. So literally it's chasing ghosts. And some of those ghosts lead to Jeffrey Wright's character, who's in the Caribbean, the Cayman Islands. Mm. And you think, oh my gosh, we finally found the insurance company. She's down there <laughs> saying, listen, my husband died, you gonna pay for damages. And unfortunately, he was like, "Well, we were bought up by so and so and so and so." Oh. Through the movie, you travel—not Meryl specifically—but the story travels. Get this: Are you ready? Hmm. The Cayman Islands to pe- to men and women of Africa, to China, to Mexico. <laughs> this poor Meryl. She's trying to get to the bottom of this, and the person who owns this owns that, and they own this, and they own that. So it's Mm -hmm. very difficult to get to the bottom of this. All in all, to make a very confusing plot, stop short, because it was confusing. Now remember, this is Steven. He had to explain it, and sometimes he just stops the movie and starts to explain. All roads lead to Antonio and Gary. And you'll have to find out how those roads get there. There is a surprise that you'll you'll probably figure out. Mm. All All of us in the audience figured it out, but it's okay. A surprising person leads us to those two men, and justice, in quotes, in quotes, is served by an unsuspecting person. So that's all I'm going to leave you for that. If you know anything about the Panama Papers, that story that I told you is fictional, but the contents of it is not. It's all these shell companies owned by various people. And immediately you think, oh gosh, that's not for me. Well, when I was sitting in the audience, and now I'm moving to the review, I was a little, um, I was... If you would have said that that's what's going on, I probably would not have gone, but I went because Meryl Streep's in it, Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas, Jeffrey Wright is there, and on and on of all the... Will Fort shows up, you guys. I'm I'm not kidding. He just pops in. There's Will Fort. Hello. And he, he quickly goes away, and you'll know why. There's even an in, in Asian... There's uh, in this, the scene in China. Okay. The scene in China, that's all I have to say. (laughs) If it weren't for all of these people and the person behind it, I'd say this is an appropriate Netflix movie. This isn't something that I would run to the theaters. I think you will be a little disappointed, not because it's a bad movie, but it really is a movie that I wish I had my remote to pause it and to just go, what did I just see? Because... It was a lot of the terms and concepts that personally I was not familiar with. Did I hear about the Panama Papers? Absolutely. Did I follow it closely enough to know some of the key players? No, I didn't. Hmm. So if you know a lot about the Panama Papers and you're interested in the economy of, you know, during that time of all these shell companies switching hands and then the new regulations that have come into place for that then I think this is really the movie for you. It was easier to swallow because you had Meryl Streep and all these wonderful actors to deliver this tough pill, but without them, I'd have to say this would be a pass. Now, Mm. the critics are conflicted about it. Most of them agree, but then some people say, well, Meryl, and you'll know why once you watch it, really did an amazing job of doing this and that. Meryl is Meryl. She's never not going to do an amazing job. So, like, what were you expecting? Antonio Manderas and Gary Oldman really weren't given a lot to do, critic. They were narrators. And then at the end, they had to play these real men, get apprehended. That's the extent of their, you know, of their performances. Again, if you're going to have narrators narrate jargon like that, you better hire those two. And then, of course, Um, there were some other actors the um the african family was oh my gosh talk about uh, a crap show meaning um the stuff that steven Soderbergh had those people do i don't want to be i don't want to be a member of that family you better watch out watch out they did a great job and then the when they went over to china those actors did a great job as well but overall I'm gonna have to say this is not something that you will want to pay $15 and think that you're going to this is all about Meryl Streep getting an Oscar nomination like that kind of movie this is not that movie this is a lesson and even the last frame I'll say of the last of the movie is almost like a performance art piece i'll say that so overall i think you if you want to watch it at home i think it's the best option if you want to watch it at all again not because it's bad but it's very very heady and you need to be in a good space for that Mm. So
0: again, it will be available on Netflix on October eighteenth. Uh, what's available now in theaters? It opened on September twentieth. Is Ad Astra? Oh. to the stars! <laughs> yeah. And it is directed by James Gray. It is written by him and Ethan Gross. It is starring you know who, Brad Pitt. You know Brad Pitt is in this.
1: Did you though? I mean, where has he been besides this? Uh, did we know what's Brad?
0: he's looking at us in the poster he's looking at us in the commercial he's just looking what is he looking at you'll tell us he's uh, joined in the cast by Tommy Lee Jones Ruth Negga Liv Tyler and (laughs) Donald Sutherland the little sneaky Donald Sutherland Mm, what's going on with that so I'm very excited about this movie it is my kind of movie am I right ref tell us is this something that is worth seeing it on the big screen it better be
1: Well, okay. here's the deal. Roy McBride, who's Brad Pitt's character, is this astronaut who is really, I mean, he's done phenomenal work. He is, um, unfortunately, all his accolades professionally don't quite match up personally. Because the accolades he has professionally, he's adored. He is um, revered. And he also is respected. His personal life is a mess. Basically, he's detached. His wife, um, played by Liv Tyler, is um, basically in a marriage alone. Mm -hmm. Um, He is emotionally detached. He detaches himself physically. um, All because he has a very famous father. H. Clifford McBride, played by Tommy Lee Jones, who is isn't it great it's such a great astronaut name um this he is an astronaut up there with neil armstrong because this is the first man to ever beep and go past um venus saturn and finally where he ends up neptune and this is all a part of what they call the lima project And the basis of the Lima project, which was, you know, the movie starts off saying this takes place in the not so near future, meaning not so near future of where we are now. They are believing, you know, man can go that far. This Lima project, the basis of it is to find extra, to find intelligent life. That's the whole project. Is there some kind of thinking, intelligent, surviving life And the only way we can take those pictures and to dive into that is to get as far as possible. And Neptune is the farthest any man has ever gone. Now, unfortunately, it's been several decades since Roy or anyone on the planet has heard back from the Lima Project. Until there is a glitch. There is this some sort of electrical surge that thrusts all the way through from Neptune to Earth, disrupting the stratosphere, so to speak, and ultimately causing electrical explosions. And tens of thousands of people have died. And if these surges continue to happen... It will shake the um, orbit system out of place, and it will destroy everything in its path. And they found out where these searches are coming from. Can you guess? From the Lima. (laughs) Yes, from the, no, 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 from the Lima project. It's Mm -hmm. coming from Neptune. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Clifford McBride and his crew. What's going on there? Well, there's only one man that could make this thing happen because they haven't heard from the Lima Project. And they, um, outside, he's revered as a hero. Internally, with the uh, authorities, he's gone rogue. Maybe even mad. Hmm. hmm. So who can pull him in? Roy McBride, Brad Pitt's character. He's Ugh. gotta get a message to the Lima Project. But the only way he can get a message to them is to do what? To go from Earth? to the moon, to Mars. That's the only way they can connect with the Lima Project. And he's gotta be there in person because when Clifford hears his son's voice, they've got to be there. Now, can you trust the government? Mm. Roy doesn't quite think he can, but he's gonna go to find out about his father. Now, what you need to know about Roy, Roy is emotionless. his pulse has never gone above 80. I mean, an explosion could be coming for him and he'd be thinking, what do I need to do now? Do I need to go this way or that way? Totally calm the perfect man for the voyage. To fast forward everything without giving these away, it is quite the adventure to get to Mars. Many near-death experiences and not just externally, But there are some people who may not be on the same page of getting Roy there safely. Huh? What is that about? Now, when he finally gets to Mars, is he able to send a signal out to the Lima project for his father to hear? And if he is able to do that, what is the response? Because his father, although a hero to many, has abandoned Roy. And can Roy keep it together to finish the project, to finish and end the surges? And that may mean to end the Lima project firmly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. So that's the gist of the story. It really is um, thrilling and complicated, Um, but I will say this to, to, to sort of wrap this bow. If you were to add Astra is is if you took the movie Martian, the Martian, the Martian, Mm -hmm. that Ridley Scott movie with Matt Damon, take the Martian, mesh it with um, Alfonso Cuarón's Gravity with Sandra Bullock, take that, Mm. and then mesh it with the personal intensity of Interstellar. Yes. Take those three things, mesh it together, and some philosophizing from the tree of life. Some philosophy. (laughs) That is at Astra. And in your mind, you're thinking, why is Brad Pitt, I mean, does he have the chops to kind of carry because he's alone most of the time? I mean, we like to look at Brad Pitt, but have we seen him? I will tell you this. This is some of Brad Pitt's great work. Wonderful, solid work. Why? Because he plays this extremely internalized person who is expertly managing his emotions until, and I'm not going to tell you what happens, it's until, and those moments were warranted and granted. The um, narrative uh, sort of segues that you hear his thoughts, he narrates as if he's writing a journal and sometimes it seems that way, was wonderfully um, philosophical. It um, could have come across as cheesy, but it's coming from Brad Pitt, who isn't, like, you know, emoting over it. It's just sort of, matter of fact, I feel alone. What happens when you say that and you are alone in space? Interesting. Um, Tommy Lee Jones, it plays the father. If you're going to have anybody who's going to be wacky out there, lost in space. That is the person you hire. I believed them. Um, But it was a wonderful, sneaky... You you said Donald Sutherland is... uh, uh, Not Donald. Um, uh, Is it Donald? Mm -hmm. Yes, Donald Sutherland. You said it was sneaky. Yes. Beautiful, sneaky performance of a man who was best friends with Tommy Lee Jones and saw things starting to unravel and is trying to help out the situation wonderfully played by that overall the story is moving there's catharsis in a very deep way maybe unexpected you think everybody's gonna survive this i don't know so overall i would say it was beautiful to look at alfonso cuaron would have been proud um it had meshes of genres critic So it was this space movie, but then it had like this whole thriller section where he's being chased by, I'm not gonna tell you. And people are trying to kill him. I'm not gonna tell you who those people are. And then you also have a horror element. There's this one scene where it's like, I was scared and everybody in the theater was scared too. We did not know what was going to happen. Overall, I had a great time. It's a wonderful thing to see and I highly, recommend that you go to the theater and pay your 15 and you're gonna go oh i have to pay my 15. i say do it because it's beautiful on screen is it as beautiful as gravity or interstellar I'm going to say no, it's not as beautiful. But technically speaking, it made me gasp in some places. So if you are looking for a, uh, you're looking through the movies and you're going, yeah, oh, I already saw Downton Abbey and oh, already, you know, Judy was great. I just want to see something else that I'm just going to really enjoy the movie going experience. Ad Astra is definitely going to be a strong case. And I'll leave you with this. I didn't think I would say this, and not because he's not a great actor, but I wouldn't be surprised if Brad Pitt wasn't in the conversation for some awards. Now, he has gone on record. He's gone on record and said he will not be campaigning. His people can, but he will not be campaigning for any awards. It's a plan B movie. They're already gonna nominate it anyway, so he'll get the producer, you know, he'll get all that flack. But this is the first time I can stand here and say that Brad Pitt needs to be in that conversation.
0: Ooh. Well, you have me at, not even hello, but at the H <laughs> of hello.
1: This is so your movie. This is like, it's not <laughs> perfect, but it is, it's a deeply moving movie and it is so your world. Yeah, who cares if it's
0: not perfect? I'm basking in the glow of what you just said. I will be seeing this, who knows when, but it will happen. <laughs> and everybody just know that it is in theaters right now. You can go see it. Absolutely see it on that big screen. And be enveloped by just what the... just is what sci-fi is about. But yeah! Also, don't forget... That on September 27th, you will be (laughs) able to see The Laundromat if you want, or you could just wait until October 18th when it's on Netflix, but you definitely will be able to see on September 27th as well, Judy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What a trio of movies here, Ref, that we've given listeners. I mean, good luck choosing. (laughs) Thanks for listening.